the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. This week, Dave leads a study on the hand of the Lord. The main reading is Isaiah chapter 48. Sunday morning we began to look at the hand of the Lord and that metaphor meaning the presence of the Lord of course the power of the Lord uh, God being with us and of course when we talk about the hand of the Lord it, that's personal isn't it there's intimacy there the hand of the Lord and that's a wonderful thing that God wants to be uh, intimate with us and we all know we just read those verses we'll read a couple more how awesome my own hand laid the foundations of the earth my right hand spread out the heavens isn't it amazing how awesome God is yet we are still so reticent in giving him our lives or giving him everything. It's a great story about um, Mendelssohn. He's a composer. You will know his uh, song, his tunes from uh, Hark the Herald. And you women who went out with the wedding march. That was Mendelssohn. And he wrote Elijah Oratorio. He he was in a church one day, a little church in a little village, and the guy was giving an organ recital at there. And after a while, he said, "Uh, do you mind if I have have a go on it? He said... And the stranger, the, the organist didn't know who he was. And of course, if you know anything about church organists, they don't like anyone playing their, their, their piano or their organ. And uh, so Mendelssohn persisted quietly. And he said, oh, oh go on, I'll give you a, little, you have a little go on it. And of course, as soon as he got on, it was a different instrument, wouldn't it? It was a different instrument. And uh, the organist said, how could I have kept this instrument from the great master player. And uh, that is so true of us. The hand of the Lord wants to be involved, wants to be on our lives, wants to be intimately involved in every area of our lives. Yet we so often think, you know, we, we are comfortable and we playing along, playing along. Yet we, he's got some great uh, melodies, harmonies, symphonies to play through our lives. But we can't do it unless we are present him with our lives. So the mighty hand of God, we read it last week, didn't we, on 1 Peter 5, uh, 6. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. That's what we have to do. How do we do? How do we humble ourselves? Well, we actually ask for a, a revelation. We look at the Lord. How do we look at the Lord? We look at his word. We look at creation. We look at Christ, don't we? We look at those things and we say, how awesome is our God? How awesome is our God. Uh, what is it uh, those verses say? We, we read them. Um, Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament, the skies, the work of your hands. And isn't it amazing? Um, uh, just the, the, uh, the, of course, they're looking for life everywhere else, isn't they? But this little spot of rock or this little bit of rock in the middle of the universe is just so finely tuned for your life and mine, for human life. The, the, the work, of, work of the firmament, the, the atmosphere is an amazing thing. That atmosphere, remember, we, of course, everything changed. And all that we got, um, I was just reading an article today. In 1970, they were saying the world's going to getting colder. And now it's getting hotter. Remember the, the hole in the ozone layer? Remember, we used to talk about that, didn't we? Um, the, the atmosphere, the firmament. Well, the firmament is amazing. It protects us from the UV light, which would burn us up. But even got to be careful now, haven't you? I got to be careful, especially on top of my head. Um, it, it, the, the, the firmament. It, it, you see, 
uh, space isn't, isn't a vacuum. There's meteors and asteroids flying around. But of course, they hit our, our atmosphere and they bounce off or uh, evaporate. Um, so we have the work of his firmament, the perfect firmament atmosphere for you to breathe. The very, the very fact, what they call the escape velocity of the, the atmosphere, and a little bit this way, a little bit that way, and uh, we wouldn't be breathing tonight, be in trouble. Just absolutely fine-tuned the work of his hands, the power of God. Isaiah, uh, many times, uh, he was, uh, Isaiah, uh, the hand of the Lord was upon him to plead with the people to see the awesomeness of God. Isaiah 40. See the sovereign Lord Isaiah is saying, now come on, look at how awesome God is. It's amazing. He throws it back and forth. He said, this is the sovereign Lord comes with strength, yet... What does he do? He's like a shepherd who picks up his sheep. There's the tenderness and the power of God in harmony there. And then he comes back to the awesomeness of God. He said, who's measured the waters in the hollow of his hands? You know, we can't even understand. I, I mean, I, I remember reading how, how many trillions and trillions of gallons of water there is on this planet. In the hollow of his hands. And the, the, the heavens, with the breath of his hand. What he's saying, he's, he's awesome. He's big and he's mighty he's mighty and when his hand is with us and for us as we read in a moment no one can stand against us but when we are fighting against him let me tell you his hand can get quite heavy upon our lives why because he doesn't want us to go the wrong way you sometimes we complain god why is this happening why is that happening and he's saying to us are you so dull you can't see what's happening i'm trying to prevent you or stop you job 12 uh, Job was on the moon, but listen to what he said here. Job 12. As the animals, they will teach you. For the birds of the air, they will tell you. The sweet of the earth, they will teach you. Or let the fish of the sea inform you. Which of all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done us. In his hand is the light of every creature, and the breath of all mankind. I, I love Job is saying, look, go to the animals. They can teach you. And again, if you ever watch those programs, sometimes you've got to take the uh, commentary out sometimes. Uh, but the amazing plant life, animal life. We just talked the other day about those. How, how on earth do those birds know to fly three, four, five, five thousand miles? No sat nav, of course, have they? No. But they know when to go and where to go. Oh, yeah. With a brain as, a brain as big as a peanut. So there's no excuse for me and you, is there? Because our brain's a bit bigger than that. But we, sadly, we don't use it. The power, and he says, look at the earth. Look at the, look at the birds. They will tell you. Speak to the earth. Does it not the hand of the Lord has done this? Listen to this now. In, the hand, in his hand is every creature and the breath of all mankind, which is what he said as we looked on Sunday morning to, um, uh, to Belshazzar. What have you done? He holds your breath and your ways in his hands. Why? Because he's sovereign. In his hand is the whole of creation. The Bible says he not just created it, 
He sustains it. Uh, Job 12 says that. He's the sustainer. He upholds it. It consists. It means it's held together by his power. In fact, um, Hebrews says, is upheld by his word and his presence. It's upheld by his word. So we have the mighty hand of God. So when his hand is with us and on us and for us, bless the Lord, as he said in Romans, if God is for us, who can be against us? Nobody, nobody, nothing. Um, Isaiah 41, the, the God that not just uh, is mighty, but the hand that holds us. Bless the Lord. Isaiah 41, 10 to 14. I think. He is not apart. I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will hold thee to the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing, and they shall strive with thee, and they that strive with thee shall perish. Thou shalt seek them, and shall not find them, even them intended with thee. They that go against thee shall be as nothing, such a, as a thing of naught. But I, the Lord, thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Fear not, thou woman Jacob, and you men of Israel, I will help thee, saith the Lord, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I will uphold you by my righteous right hand. I will hold your hand. And of course, we've said about that with our children. Uh, no fear, no, no worries when they're holding our hands. No fear. That's why he says, do not fear or be dismayed. Now, that's an interesting word, dismayed, because it means to get bewildered or to gaze about. You see, we can easily take our eyes off the Lord. And if we look around, it won't be long till you get bewildered <laughs> and dismayed, discouraged, and uh, most disheartened, I just read an article in, the, in, the, in BBC Wales about what they, they want uh, Wales to be the most friendly and tolerant place. And one of the deputy ministers is trying to promote certain things. Lord, save, I said. Lord, cut from underneath their feet and save them. Absolutely. This nation that once rang out with revival. It's amazing how quickly we can go away from God, isn't it? It take, didn't take too long. Uh, if we don't press on, two generations, maybe three, I suppose, depending on how you uh, work it out, but not too long before we're far, far away. Um, but thankfully, the Bible says, do not be dismayed. Hold my hand, no fear, no dis don't, don't, be not dismayed. I am your strength. I will uphold you. Bless the Lord, even when we stumble and fall, the Bible says. Psalm 37, 23, 24. If the Lord delights in a man's way, he makes his steps firm. Though he stumbles, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Though he stumble, yet he'll fall, he won't be utterly cast down. Why? Because the Lord will not just hold him, but uphold him. Grab all of his hands and drag him up. Why? Because his hand is mighty, and if we are holding his hand, he cannot fail. Can he? He can't fail. The only people who fail is me and you, but he can't. His mighty hand not just uh, holds us, helps us, heals us. Bless the Lord. We need that shalom, don't we? That wholeness. He's the one who brings wholeness in our lives. Uh, Isaiah 64, 6 to 8.
like the wind, have taken us away. And there is no one who calls on your name, who stirs himself up to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us, and have consumed us because of our iniquities. But now, Lord, you are our Father, we are the clay, and you are you, you are our potter, and all we are the work of your hand. So he gives the background. This is what we were. All our, all our, all our righteous deeds are like filthy rags. It, it, it's rubbish. And our iniquities have twisted us and withered us and taken us away. Thankfully, God comes in and heals, brings healing and wholeness to the broken areas of our life. That, that potter, he said, I'm your father, I'm your potter, the work of your hands. And uh, uh, there's, there's, there's action, there's, the word can be needlework, and there's, there's, uh, there's craft, there's artisanship. He's working on us. And of course, with, if you've ever seen a potter, he doesn't just grab old little bit, he? What does he do? He digs them thumbs in, doesn't he? He digs it in. He's got a, especially if it's a, if, if it's a mess of a, depending on how badly we messed up, more, more trouble he's got to put in. He's squeezing, he's putting his thumbs in. And then at the end, he takes that knife, doesn't he? Or that tool to cut off anything that's waste. We don't, you don't need that anymore. Cut off the waste. And we, we see the picture there of our lives in a mess. And of course, you can go to Jeremiah 18. He said, this is Israel, a mess. But the potter, with an eye to see, he's going to make something beautiful. He's going to make something good. He's the one He's going to heal. He's going to put it in the potter's hands. You see, if we keep in the center of his will, in the center of the wheel, he will make something of us the world cannot be amazed at. Why? Because it's all of him. All we have to do is stay in the middle of, the, of his will, in the middle of the wheel, and say, Lord, here I am. You are the potter. I am the clay. I'm putting my life in your hands, and you heal me. You heal me. Well, of course, he's not just our healer and our holder, as we said on Sunday, He's our help. He's our help. Exodus 13. Exodus 13. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Sanctify unto me all the firstborn. Whatsoever of them the men of the children of Israel, both of man and the beast, it is mine. And Moses said unto the people, Remember this day in which you came out from Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for by my strength of hand, that amazing day after Passover, he said, now let me tell you this, to remember this, the firstborn, the firstborn is mine. It's not yours, it's mine, it's to be given to the Lord. First is the Lord's. Why is the first Lord? Because it demands faith. Because first fruits, who knows if we're going to get another crop. But the first is always the Lord. So by faith we give it to him, say, Lord, it's yours. Because, why? Because the strong hand of the Lord redeemed them. It was the strong. Right back in Exodus, the Lord is talking to Moses and he says, look, I'm going to get Israel out of Egypt. And uh, Moses is thinking, ah, okay, fair enough. He said, I'll tell you what, I'll have to use my mighty hand. I'll have to set my hand against Egypt. They will not leave you go otherwise. I will set my hand. And there's a particular phrase, I stretch out my hand over the gods of Egypt and bring judgment upon them. Because, of course, when the hand of the Lord brings uh, help and healing, but also brings, as we said on Sunday, we don't sometimes like talking about it, he brings punishment. Our hands used to punish our children, didn't they? 
when they, didn't, when they were wrong. Oh, and of course, you've got to be careful what you do these days. I don't know why. Um, if history tells us, of course, I don't know what they, again, they make it up half the time. And I read in a paper the other day, they said, oh, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's no good for you. Well, just look at history. My, my grandparents, probably a bit too much in those days, used to lamp them, didn't they? Everywhere. But let me tell you, there was more respect and less violence in those days than today. So what does that tell me? Common sense. Wait a minute, let's have the common denominator here. But anyway, God is the same one. God is, says, spare the rod, spoil the child. That's his word, so that's how he's going to work. He's going to work. David knew that. Psalm 32. Psalm 32. heavy hand of the Lord upon us. Why? To convict us. To correct. Psalm 38, he says, your hand was heavy upon me. Lord, you, you press. Why? Because the Lord is trying to turn us. Now, if we persist in that, we're in trouble. The Philistines, remember the Philistines said, hey, the hand of the Lord is in this. Get it from you. And um, uh, Paul with Bar Jesus and that false prophet, he said, the hand of the Lord is against you today uh, to turn you blind for a season. The hand of the Lord is always at work. Why? Because he's longing to do a work in us, through us, and on us. And uh, in, in people, he loves to touch lives, people's lives. But, again, as we said, the Lord stretches out his hand. And I love David because David knew the Lord. And when he, when he had sinned, again, pride was the big sin of David. And... Um, the prophet came and said, you've got three choices, he said. You're going to have uh, three years with your, running again from your enemy, three, year, three months of uh, famine, no, no, three, three years of famine, three months uh, on the run from your enemy, or three days uh, pestilence with the sword of the Lord. What did he say? I'll take, we'll throw ourselves into the hands of the living God because I know his mercies are great. I will put my, my life in his hands. That's the safest place to be, even though that sometimes means a shake, uh, a tap around the ear, tap on the bottom sometimes. It, but you know, we know it's for our benefit. What does the Bible say? When he chastises us, it's for our benefit. Of course it is. Of course. So the hand of the Lord coming heavily sometimes upon us and upon uh, his people, but all for the great work of the Lord when his hand is upon us. 2 Chronicles 30, 10 to 12. So the post passed from the city to city through the country of Ephraim and Manasseh, even unto Zebulun. But they laughed them to scorn and mock them. Nevertheless, by others of Asher and Manasseh and Zebulun humbled themselves and came to Jerusalem. Also in Judah, the hand of God was to give them one heart to do this commandment of the king. 
and of the princes by the word of the Lord. See, see, we need the hand of the Lord there. Uh, Hezekiah is saying, "Come, we need to we need to come back to the Lord, and we need to uh, celebrate Passover. We need to get rid of all these these idols in the city." And the Bible says many of them laughed him to scorn. That's how, how, how far they'd gone away. But the Bible said there were some those with the hand of the Lord upon them came with a unity. We want the Lord to move, but unless the hand of the Lord is on it, we are struggling. See, if we're looking for unity, we, the Bible says keep the unity. That comes from the Lord. We can't create that. We keep it. Because the Holy Spirit gives us that. And that's what he said. When the hand of the Lord is on something, it's amazing how we see people differently. How we behave differently. Why? Because the Lord is with us. And that's what happened there. And the Bible says there was not a Passover seen like it since the days of Solomon. Uh, Bless the Lord. When the hand of the Lord is there. David, again, the hand of the Lord was upon him. Uh, Holy Spirit, the Bible says, came upon him. And again, many times he said this. And here he is right at the end of his life. 1 Chronicles 28. All this, David said, I have been written from the hand of the Lord upon me, and he gave the understanding of all the details of the plan. David also said to Solomon, his son, be strong and courageous, and do the good. and purposes you want to know what God wants for your life ask the Lord get before him and say Lord I need you and David said the hand of the Lord was upon me to to produce the plans the 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 temple plans weren't from Solomon they were from David the provisions the the uh, uh, the sight to see and the revelation came through David the Bible says he said I've done it I've, I've prepared everything for you Solomon you've got to build it but I prepared. And why? Because the hand of the Lord came upon me with, with a revelation. Thankfully, that's what the Lord loves to do. Those prophets of old, as we'll read in a moment, the prophets, uh, the touch of God upon us, a hand of God to correct us and to change. There's a verse in um, Jeremiah 15. The Bible says, Jeremiah is saying, I did not sit with the mockers, with those mocking and reveling and getting up to no good. I didn't rejoice with them. I sat alone with the burden of the Lord upon my heart. Why? Because the hand of the Lord is upon me. See, when the hand of the Lord is upon us, we, we, it keeps us safe. It keeps our eyes on him. It keeps us from, from those people that will take us away, those mockers, those scoffers. Psalm uh, 1 to stay away from them. But that's when the hand of the Lord is upon us. Bless the Lord. Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Lord is upon me. And he brought me out of the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of the valley. He was full of bones and led me to the floor among them. And I saw great men bones on the floor of the valley, bones of the very ground. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? 
I said the song of the Lord, you will not know. And he said, you prophesy to these bones and say to dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This turn the hand of the Lord, you will find it, of course, in Ezekiel more times than anywhere else upon himself, at least seven times. And uh, where he had the hand of the Lord upon him, there's revelation, there's uh, inspiration, there's uh, speaking into the into lives. The Bible says the, the elders gathered around me to hear the word of the Lord. And the Bible says the hand of the Lord came upon me and I saw into their hearts. And I bet they wish they hadn't turned up then because he said, I saw the idolatry, Ezekiel 8, 9, 10. And uh, here he is in uh, the Bible, was he? The hand of the Lord was upon me and he led me out in the spirit to this valley. This place with no hope. They were dead. They were, not, they were long dead because the Bible says their bones were dry, which meant their flesh had gone. And they were they'd gone. There's no hope, was it? There's no, there's no resuscitation here. Dead. And, uh, but the hand of the Lord was upon him. There was revelation. There was sight. He said, what, what, can these bones live? And he said, I don't know, Lord. But you do. I don't know. Sometimes we, we want to be bold and say, yes, I, Lord, I believe you. Come on. Ezekiel was just honest with God. I love that. There's an honesty there. He saw what he saw, and he said, Lord, well, you know. I, I, for, with my normal sight, impossible, but I know what you can do. So there's, there's revelation, the hand of the Lord. And I love Ezekiel because if you go a couple of chapters on Ezekiel 40, of course, uh, lots of years have passed by because the Bible says uh, he's a middle-aged man now. He was young then when he started, but he's, he's older now. But the Bible says the hand of the Lord was still upon him. That's good news, isn't it? When the hand of the Lord, he doesn't want to take his hand off us. He doesn't want to remove him. He wants us to go through life and finish strong, finish well. Still hearing the word of the Lord. And of course, from Ezekiel 40 on, he talks about the new temple, the blessed temple where the Lord is there. But it was, it was, he wasn't a young man then. It was many years later. The hand of the Lord was still upon him. Bless the Lord. And when he puts his hand upon us, he wants us to keep that. Well, how do we do that? What do we do? Uh, 1 Chronicles 4. 1 Chronicles 4. Um, 9 and 10. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez because he gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Lord, have you blessed me and allowed my testimony? Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm, so that I will be free from pain, and God grant me a gift of us. Look at that prayer many times before, didn't we? Jabez um, with with a uh, with a bit with a history, with baggage. Um, his mother had named him Pain. Well, we've called our kids Pains, haven't we? But we didn't name them Pains or Grief Bringers, Sorrow Bringers, Sorrowful. What a name to name your child. So that was his name. And of course, in the Old Testament and New Testament, names in the East meant that was their character, that was who they are, that was what they're going to be. So what on earth? So he had that baggage to carry around with him. But of course, uh, thankfully, he didn't let his past uh, define his future. Of course, he could have been sullen. He could have rebelled. Of course, he could have rejected God's word. And um, what happens? Word rejected, will resisted. Then the word of the Lord is repudiated, thrown aside. But thankfully, the Bible said he was not like any man. He was more honorable integrity and the bible says he called on the lord 
Five things. He asked, we know those five things. What does he say? Lord, the blessing of God. <laughs> That's more than anything else. Lord, bless me. That'll change my past. Enlarge me. Make See, there's no stopping of growth. If we stop growing, we stop moving on with the Lord because the Lord wants us to grow all the way to eternity. We continue to be enlarged. Let the hand of the Lord be upon you. That was his cry. The hand of the Lord be upon me. Keep me from evil. Lord, keep me from the things that I know. And don't let my past influence my today and my future. That's a great thing. You see, all the baggage he had, he laid it at the feet of Jesus. Laid at the feet of the Lord and said, Lord, I need your blessing. I need your hand. I need that which is, which is over me, which was spoken over me, put aside. And only you can do that. Amazing. I was just talking to a lady um, a few months ago. And she was in her 70s. And uh, amazing what some people say to you. Um, she said, oh, uh, we're just generally chat, you know, as we do. If I got a bit of time, I would chat. And she said, um, my mother never loved me. I thought, it's a strange thing to say, isn't it? And uh, then she said, it didn't really bother me. But I'm thinking, you're 75 years of age. You're telling a general stranger that... Isn't that sad? See, and, and, then, and, and that's that generation, and of course this generation, you've got far, far, far more of their backgrounds we don't even know, we don't, sometimes we want to, don't even want to think about. Only the Lord can heal that. Jabez understood. There's a great prayer for those broken people. Lord, this is who I, they said I was. This is my legacy. I don't want it to be. I want a new legacy that comes from you. The hand of the Lord can change it all. Fantastic. The blessing of God can come. That's why we seek the Lord. That's why we pray. Lord, we need you. The hand of the Lord is just a metaphor for his presence, for his personal touch upon us, his power. Bless the Lord. And not an Old Testament thing, it's a New Testament as well. Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Now, Lord, consider the effects and the evil out your hand when you stretch out your hand signs and wonders and miracles come and there's boldness we are, we, are, we are bold if you read Ezra again Ezra talks about the hand of the Lord being upon him and he, he talks about the boldness from him and uh, he said he said to the king he said I, I, I'm afraid to ask the king uh, for help or for troops to go with us because I'd already told him the Lord is with us <laughs> the hand of the Lord is with us I'm thinking you probably thought I wish I'd said that now so he said the first thing he did is call for prayer the boys we need to pray you now because I've, we're not having any we're going on our own it's a long journey and uh, through much and the Bible says the hand of the Lord was upon him and they protected him from the bandits and uh, the, the, the people who were going to the hand of the Lord is upon us Ezra says that, and Nehemiah, again, when we are working for the Lord, in the Lord's will, the hand of the Lord's upon us, the Bible says, Nehemiah said, I'm going to have to ask the king, and more than that, I'm going to have to ask the king to ask the woodsman for wood so I can build. And he said, Lord, help me. And the Bible says, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and the king 
said yes to my request. This provision, this protection, this the blessing of God when the hand of the Lord is upon us. Bible says John the Baptist, Luke 166, they said, who's this going to be? Because the hand of the Lord is upon him. Who is this going to be? Bless the Lord. The New Testament church, well, they moved in the, with the Lord, being led by the Spirit, with the hand of the Lord upon them. Uh, Acts 11. And those who have been scattered over this beautiful house when Stephen was killed, traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and shared the Lord. When the hand of the Lord is there, there's never a dull moment. Why? Because there's going to be something happening. There's going to be, there's going to be people turning to the Lord. There's going to be conviction. There's going to be signs and wonders. Why? Because with the hand of the Lord, that's where he is. That's where he is. Or that we would, again, Jabez, Lord, your hand of the Lord will be upon us. Stretch out your hand, Lord, in signs and wonders. Um, irrespective of uh, this poor vessel, treasures and jars of clay, that's all we are. Um, we talked about the, uh, the violin on uh, Sunday. It was another story about um, there was a concert called, and the great violinist was coming, and he was going to play on a Stradivarius, one of those uh, violins, which uh, I suppose now not many left, and um, pretty much uh, priceless, I suppose. And um, the, the theater was packed. They were waiting for him to, and they were waiting to see him play on this wonderful instrument, which very rarely was played. Although you've got to play them all, they, they don't work properly. Um, and they, he came out and he played, and they were just captivated. When, you know, it's a difference between your, us, remember we started, I remember playing the violin for about three months. I think everyone else, I think, I, did, I don't know if a couple of strings got broken. I don't know why. Um, but the, the difference between you starting and, and a virtuoso playing is like chalk and cheese, isn't it? Remember that? Anyway, I can't remember what I learned first. It was like three blind mice. It was like a blind man playing, I think. But it wasn't great. So that went. That didn't last long. But he, he, wonder, he enraptured. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And at the end of the, uh, I suppose, the first moment, he put the violin on, on the ground and he smashed it to bits. He stamped all over it, and the crowd were aghast. What have you done? That's priceless. Then the manager came out, his manager, and addressed you, friends, the violinist has not been playing that priceless Stradivarius. The instrument you just heard, he went to the second-hand shop just down the road this morning and picked up for $5. Now he'll play on the Stradivarius. Few people in the audience could tell the difference. Only those with a good ear. Only those with a good ear who knew, knew any different. He simply wanted to show them it was the violinist rather than the violin that makes the music. And whatever we are, if we think we are a $5 uh, violin, if we think we are, some of us think we are Stradivarius, don't we? Well, we're in trouble because uh, he, he might have to put his foot up on us a, a little bit, to mold us a bit. But most people don't think that. But isn't it amazing? In the hands of the Master. Oh, that's why we need the hand of the Lord on us, around us, to uh, make us what we can be. 
Bless the Lord that we're in a lost and dying world which is needing Jesus, desperately needing Jesus. Help us, Lord. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org. Thank you.